The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Game Podcast are presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 to get an extra $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by Sports Game Podcast's Final Four Watch Party. This Saturday, sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Kobe over at youtube.com slash Podcast. Plus, make sure to fill out our listener survey for a chance to win $100 in the form of an SGPN gift card. Just go to sportsgampodcast.com slash survey. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast or the Sports Gambling Podcast. Now, it is currently early Friday morning, March 31st, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. And it is going to be a pretty fun but short episode as we only have two matches to go through as we are up to the semifinals in Miami. But before I should get into any of the previews for those two matches, a couple of things I need to take care of first. First of all, I want to address what exactly happened with the schedule with the recording. And I did mention the last episode that we had that I was going to do an episode every day. Now, the problem with that was that Miami's weather doesn't care what my podcast schedule is. And as a result, you had a bunch of delayed matches. And the later the matches ended, the less time I actually had to get betting lines on the following round. So there were a day, there was a day or two where I didn't have lines on some of the matches. So I decided not to do an episode if I was missing basically half the content. And then on top of that, we couldn't even do an episode for the quarters because one quarter match, one quarter final match was completed and the other three got rained out. And I didn't want to do an episode in the middle of the quarterfinals. So instead, luckily for us, all the quarterfinal matches officially ended and we're back on track. So the semis will be on Friday. We'll be doing an episode, obviously, for those because we're doing it right now. And we'll do another episode for the final on the men's side. So we're back on track, but just to address the schedule i know i said in the last podcast i was going to do an episode in each on each round basically each day but the miami weather completely ruined all those plans so i did intend on fulfilling that promise but unfortunately was not able to because of a lack of betting lines or just a lack of completed matches because of the weather in miami but either way before I actually get into the previews and the recap of what happened in the quarters do you want to recap how we did on the last episode overall we did okay Ended up winning the lock, lost the dog. We had Rusevori on the money line against Van Zanschulp, and that was not exactly easy. In fact, Rusevori was down a set and a break. I believe he was around 8-1 to one on the live line, and he came back and he won the match. So nice job there by Rusevori. Unfortunately, though, did lose the dog. We had Alcaraz first set spread minus 2.5 games against Tommy Paul. And unfortunately for us, Alcaraz did not serve first. So one break, we were hoping for a 6-3 if he would serve first. He did not. He did get the break, though, and he did have 15-40. So Alcaraz was a point away from a double break, and he had two shots at it, unfortunately could not convert, and Alcaraz ended up winning the first set 6-4. But he had a shot there to win the set 6-2, and we had two chances to go up a double break, but he could not convert. So either way, ended up splitting and we'll look to sweep this podcast. But to go through the semifinal matchups, just to mention who's playing who, you have Medvedev taking on Kakanov in the early match, and you have Alcaraz taking on Sinner 
in a bit of deja vu because they faced off at Indian Wells and they will be facing off once again. Alcaraz did win that most recent matchup in straight sets, but it was still entertaining and normally is when these two get together. But either way, we do have an immediate rematch if you are interested in that. But to recap how the quarterfinals went, Sinner, who I just mentioned taking on Alcaraz in the semis, does have a weird advantage because he was the only person who's left who had an extra day off because Sinner's match was actually completed on Wednesday. It was the only quarterfinal match that was completed. And then everybody else had to play yesterday. So Sinner technically has an extra day of rest. So if you want to factor that in, you can. I'm not sure if it matters because Alcaraz has won every match in straight sets for the last couple of weeks, but just throwing it out there. However, I do want to at least mention with the quarters, uh, I already, I just talked about Sinner facing off against Alcaraz and you have Medvedev taking on Kakanov to backtrack quickly before I forget to recap the outright episode that we had at the start of the tournament. We went three and one on the correct quarter predictions. Not going to take too big of a victory lap for it because we literally picked three favorites and took a long shot in the fourth quarter, and that did not work out. But we had Sinner, we had Medvedev, and we had Alcaraz. Not exactly surprised, but we did win three outright, so I wanted to mention those. But anyway, point is, should be fun. But to go back to recapping the quarters, Sinner won in straight sets against Rusevori, completely destroyed him. 1-6-3-6-1, match was a bloodbath, and he also had extra rest time because he finished the match so quickly. But to go through the matches yesterday, no real drama. You had a straight set win by uh, the favorites in basically every match. Medvedev won in straight sets, Kakanov won in straight sets, and Alcaraz won in straight sets. So no drama whatsoever, and Medvedev's match was intriguing because Eubanks did break Medvedev, and it was 7-5 in the second, but... That match was constantly delayed because of rain, so I'm not exactly surprised that Medvedev struggled at times because it was pretty tough to actually gain a consistent rhythm when you're constantly having to leave the court and come back and wait for the weather report. And I can understand why that match was a little bit weird, but Medvedev ended up getting the job done. Kakanov beat Sarundalo. Not totally surprised there. Kakanov has played very well, exercises demons when he was able to beat Tsitsipas, and he has looked very sharp in this event. And Alcaraz has been a machine Completely destroyed Fritz. Alcaraz is just a machine at this point, and Fritz had never stood a chance. Fritz really didn't look great in his win against Rune the round prior. Rune was just horrible. If you rewatch the match there, Rune was just all over the place, and Fritz did the bare minimum, in my opinion, to get past him. But Alcaraz was remarkable once again, and Fritz never stood a chance. So, once again, pretty straightforward quarterfinals as the favorite one in each of the four matches in straight sets but that's going to take us to the actual semis and we're going to go through it in chrono chronological order so starting off with Medvedev versus Kakanov you have a battle of the Russians and that will be taking place at around 1 p.m eastern time and to look at the head-to-head -head, Medvedev has had Kakanov's number but there have been a couple of competitive matches so Medvedev is three and one in the head-to-head, -head. they faced off in Adelaide earlier this year. Medvedev won 6-3, 6-3. They faced off in 2019 in Canada, and Medvedev won in straight sets. Faced off in Moscow in 2018 on hard court. Kakanov won that one in three. And they faced off in the next-gen final in 2017, and Medvedev won that one in four sets. So, in other words, Medvedev's been very good against Kakanov. He's won the last two meetings. Uh, he won the most recent meeting, which was this year. It's the only meeting they've had 
since 2019. So I feel you can kind of toss out the first three meetings because Medvedev was a pretty decent player. And then he exploded in around 2020, 2021. So that was before Medvedev's peak or at least his massive rise to stardom. And since then, Medvedev faced off against him once and he beat him comfortably. But Kakanov has been good. I'll give him credit for it. The problem is, do I think he's good enough to beat Medvedev? No. Now, to go through the betting odds for this matchup, you have Kakanov as a plus 330 underdog. Medvedev is minus 410 as a favorite. Medvedev is minus four and a half games at plus 105. Kakanov plus four and a half games at minus 125. Over under is 21 and a half minus 110 apiece. If you want to go for the sets, you can get three sets at plus 175. So simply put, I think Medvedev's going to win. I'm not picking Kakanov to pull off the upset. However, do I think Kakanov is good enough to make this very competitive? I think he is. Kakanov had a struggle in the first round against Echeverry, then was able to beat Leszczyk in straight sets, Tsitsipas in straight sets, and Sarundalo in straight sets. Medvedev has cruised, but Eubanks gave him a little bit of trouble, and I do think that's a little bit concerning. I mentioned, though, with the weather, I can understand why Medvedev had some issues, but the point is I do think that Medvedev, despite playing good tennis, he is capable of winning without winning by margin, which I think might happen in this matchup. They're both very familiar with each other, and I do think you could end up seeing a tiebreaker in this one. But I think at the end of the day, Kakanov has looked very sharp on these courts. The forehand looks good, the backhand looks good, and I do think he can make this match interesting. I think I am in a lean to Kakanov plus four and a half. I could see a 6-4, 6-4 type match, maybe a 7-6, 6-3 type match. But four and a half games does seem a little bit large for Medvedev, and I think Kakanov can do enough to keep this matchup close on the scoreboard. So give me Kakanov plus the four and a half. I'm not going to pick him on the money line. And I think there might be a little bit of value on over two and a half sets at plus 175. I'm not going to really feel confident about locking that play up, but I think at plus 175, it seems a little bit large to me. I think it should be closer to 150. So I think 175 is not a bad option if you're looking for value, but I'm not sure how likely it is to actually hit, if that makes any sense. I think Kakanov is good enough to make life difficult for Medvedev at times. We know Medvedev's serve can get a little bit iffy at times, which is why I've taken his opponent to break Medvedev several times in the last couple of weeks and why we've won every time we've given out that prop. Medvedev occasionally will take some service games off or he can't find the first serve, and he might go for a bit much on the second serve, and he'll start double faulting. But I do think Kakanov can break a time or two and maybe steal a set, but I do think plus four and a half games sounds like a pretty solid deal to me. Moving on, though, to the main attraction for the semis, you have Sinner taking on Alcaraz in the battle of the next great rivalry in tennis, I think we can say. I think that Sinner and Alcaraz, when they face off against each other, especially after that U.S. Open match, that's probably the main rivalry that everyone's looking forward to for the next 10, 15 years, unless you have another superstar player who comes up through the ranks over the next couple of years. But right now, I think that Alcaraz is my favorite opponent to see Alcaraz play against. He hasn't played against Djokovic enough, so I can't really answer that and use him as the obvious answer. I think it would be Sinner because they've had a couple of really good matches, and I do think you'll end up seeing very high-quality tennis being played in this match Friday night. Now, Alcaraz is the favorite at minus 225. 
Sinner is the underdog at plus 195. The games are three, three flat. It's Alcaraz minus three at minus 115. Sinner plus three at minus 105. And the over-under is 22 is 22, uh, 22 games flat, minus 107 on the over, and minus 113 on the under. If you want an alternative over, you can get 21 and a half games at minus 130, and... That's for the over, and the under is even money. And if you want three sets, you can get that at uh, plus 140. Uh, Center to win a set is minus 156. Alcaraz to win in straight sets is plus 126. Simply put, I think Alcaraz is the better player, obviously. I think Alcaraz has a case to be the best player in the world right now. That's a good he's been playing. However, it is an immediate rematch, and Center did have an extra day to prepare. I'm not sure if that's going to matter. But the point is, Sinner does have a decent spot for him to make some noise here. And Sinner did have, I believe it was a set point in that first set at Indian Wells. He wasn't able to convert. And as a result, he ended up seeing Alcaraz win in straight sets. But Sinner did have a set point in there. So I do think that Sinner is very capable of winning a set here. And I think that he's got a pretty good chance to make this match a bit of a war. Now, Alcaraz, the defending champion... And he's mauled everybody in his path up to this point. In fact, even going through Indian Wells, I got to see how long this goes, but Alcaraz has not dropped the set in a relatively long time. So to look at his history here, uh, he got through the entire Indian Wells without dropping a set. And yeah, so doing the math in my head, that means that he has officially gone 10 straight matches winning in straight sets. So I'm aware how good he's been. I thought Tommy Paul actually gave Alcaraz some trouble. Alcaraz was never broken, but Paul did threaten in a couple of games, and there were a couple of long rallies. I do think Sinner is going to make this match more competitive than people think, and it sounds a bit disrespectful to Sinner because I know that he's a top 15 player, and they had a war in the, in the U.S. Open, and they've had a very good rivalry so far, but most people are just expecting Alcaraz to cruise because he's won 10 straight matches in straight sets, just won Indian Wells. He looks like the best player in the world right now since Djokovic is MIA because of the you know COVID issues there in the United States with the uh, actual access into the country. But the point is Alcaraz is either the best player in the world right now or the second best player. So most people will just blindly pick him to win comfortably. I think Sinner's quite live here. I think you'll have a competitive match. I do like the over in games here at 21 and a half at minus 130. I think Sinner is very capable of winning a set, and even if not, he, we saw him go to a tiebreaker in the first set at Indian Wells, and we saw him have a set point. So I do know that Sinner can make these sets very competitive, and I do think that Alcaraz, even though he's been very good here, Sinner's looked great as well, and Sinner has not dropped a set either in this event. So it's not like Alcaraz is playing great tennis and Sinner is not. Sinner looks really good as well, and I do think you'll end up seeing a... Really, really fun match between a, an unstoppable object and, and an immovable force, if that's the cliche you want to use. But the point is, I see a very fun match here, and as a result, I will go with the over in this match. And I think I am going to lean to center, uh, plus, if I can get three and a half, I'll like minus 140, I'd, I'd be tempted by it, but I feel better about the over. And center to win a set at minus 156 that's a little bit too rich for me. I think 156 is too high. If it was like minus 120, minus 130, I would probably consider taking it. But at 156 compared to the plus 126 for Alcaraz and to win in straight sets, 
I feel like I would lean Alcaraz there just for value alone. Minus 156 doesn't have any value to me, fading a top two player in the world. But over two and a half sets, plus 140, eh, I mean, I think I'd rather just take the games over because you still win if there is a 7-6-6-3 final, and I think that it is pretty realistic. So give me the over 21 and a half games in that match at minus 130. But that's going to do it for the actual preview for the two semifinals. I said it was going to be a short episode, and it is. So before we get into the lock and dog picks, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Game Podcast, and our WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. And March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100 and get an extra $100 with the state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only out there, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. So someone to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer some exchange term, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough is available. If you or somebody knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Look and hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world. You can win a three-night stay at Circle Las Vegas to hang out with the guys. The contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgampodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest... That's okay. You can still get a discounted on the a discounted room price using the promo code SGP15. The Final Four watch party is going viral. Hang out with the guys on their YouTube channel for the entire Saturday of Final Four action. Live bets, prize giveaways, and much more. Subscribe to youtube.com slash podcast and tune in on Saturday. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy continues their March Madness College Pick'em. It is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props and great NBA and NHL daily games. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the semifinal matchups on the men's side for Miami. Now it's time to get into the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, it might sound dangerous, but I do think that this number is a bit high. I am going to take Kakanov plus four and a half games against Medvedev. Medvedev had a weird match against Eubanks yesterday where he was struggling a bit at times, and I do think that Kakanov has played well enough to keep this match interesting. They have history against each other, and I do think that you'll end up seeing Kakanov hang in there we don't need him to win. We just need him to lose close. And I think you can see a tiebreak in this one. Two of the last three matches between them have had at least one tiebreak. And I do think that it's possible Kakanov loses this match 7 6 6 3, something like that, 6 4 6 4. I think Mebet is going to win, but I think Kakanov hangs in there enough to cover this number. Give me Kakanov plus four and a half games at minus 125 as my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go to the Sinner and Alcaraz match. It's going to be dangerous, but it is a plus money play. I am going to go with the over 22 and a half games at plus 105. Simply put, I do think that Sinner and Alcaraz are very capable of going to a tiebreaker. We just saw it in the first set at Indian Wells. These players have played each other tough before. Both players are in great form. I think whichever player wins this match is going to win the tournament, just based on how they've played so far in this event. But I do think that Sinner is good enough to take a set off Alcaraz. Alcaraz has played some great tennis as well. Could go to three sets, could be a tiebreaker, could be a couple of long sets. Either way, the point is I think 22.5 at plus 105 is worth a look, and that will be 
my dog. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be Kakanov plus four and a half games at minus 125. And the dog will be Sinner and Alcaraz over 22 and a half games in their match at plus 105. That's going to wrap it up once again for the Tennis Gambling Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Also find me on the NFL show. Find me on the NBA show. And of course, find me on the tennis show. But we will be back once again for the men's final. Until then, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.